0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ramon Foster Show, starring, not coincidentally, Ramon Foster. I'm Dan Kolodzowicz of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And, Moan, we have actual football
1: to discuss. That's a cool we thing. Do. We do. And for the next how many weeks? We got it. What, months? Months. Before. I months. prefer to think of it as months. Months. That's even better.
0: The Steelers beat the Philadelphia Eagles and are now 2-0 and in the preseason, and we all know how much. That means... However, yeah, exactly. However, there are different things within the preseason that, of course, do matter. And the one big talking point in Pittsburgh right now, and probably in the most NFL markets, is the backup quarterback. That's yes. what the preseason is always about. Dwayne Haskins versus Mason Rudolph. Now, mm-hmm. you know Mason. You played with him. So I want to start with the other guy because a lot of people around the league – yeah. are talking about what Dwayne has done here in this camp. And has he gotten your
1: attention? He's gotten my attention simply because I think he's refocused himself. Um, more than anything, being a pro is more than just what you do on the field, man. And that's what I'm seeing from him. No outside antics, really. If it is, I think he had a little issue about, about a couple weeks ago or something like that. But it was dead it really fast. And truth be told, that's the luxury of being in Pittsburgh it it really is it's, it's it's not a lot going on so when the sports happening um if it's not as serious as it needs to be then we move forward that's how it is pittsburgh is a a pros pro city man like that's just what it is and for him i feel like he's adjusted to it i feel like the culture and which he's walked into inside that locker room is something that was necessary for his career um i feel like the guys that know what it takes to be a pittsburgh Steeler has guided him in the right direction i think he's gotten to a point now for the first time in his young nfl career that he's learning what a pro means and that doesn't mean he's going to be perfect on the field but i just see his he's readjusted himself to what's important to him and um he's done well from what i've seen thus far he's a guy that's that's learning to make the plays that he needs to. He's throw the ball away when he has to. And he's continued to just make steps in the right direction. That's what you want to see. He and, and I think the coaching staff is probably more or less encouraging. Hey, you were first-rounder for a reason. Whether some think you was taken too soon or some thought you should have just been a second-round guy. Like that chip that he had on the shoulder that night of the draft. Coach T., I'm telling you, and I, I don't know Matt Canada as well, but I guarantee you the chirping that he's had has been, this is your next, maybe last stop, as far as you have been able to establish yourself as a pro in this league. I'm telling you, Coach Tomlin is a guy that knows how to tap into that, that look on his face when he had to sit there for a long time. And I'm sure he's pitted Mason against him in a competitive way. Oh. Doesn't Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know that to be the case right there without even having that conversation with nobody in that circle. And it seems to me that's his focus on the field now.
0: Well, that's the, the thing that and I, I, I love the fact that you've bypassed all the football stuff because there's nothing about Dwayne Haskins skill set. Where you go, oh, he can't play in the NFL. No. I mean, you see the arm. You see the – I wouldn't say he's got he, – he's got about average speed. Yeah. But he's, he's got good authority. He's within moving. The, yes. He, he's
1: yes. moving like with a confidence. pro now. Yes. I know, and and that's the, the crazy thing about it. He's not even with the whole entire first offensive line. But he's moving sideways. He's moving up in the pocket. Uh, He's commanding the football while doing those things. He doesn't look as lost with this team as he did in Washington. Respectfully, I say that, okay, because I don't know if he had his everything together in washington i think his left tackle the all pro trent williams was out because of medical issues for the most part and and they were just trying to find themselves as a team as they navigated front office stuff as they navigated just who's going to be the franchise quarterback he kind of got lost in the shuffle as far as which way his his career was going to go and you,
0: you say in command yeah that's the exact phrase Tomlin used in Philadelphia it was, afterwards. I, 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 I know you didn't God. know that. I that's did. the beauty of it. But he actually used the phrase in command. He was in command. And that's what you saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's 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 interesting that that this is what I was getting to, that you're getting you went right past the football stuff and you go to the intangible stuff. Moan, I gotta tell you, being there in Philadelphia, when he came into the room with us, yeah, and that was not Zoom call nothing. They're they're coming into rooms now with us, and you just get a better sense, a better feel. I actually cracked a joke with him. You know how I am in the locker room. I'm just whatever. Just keep it light, right? And I cracked a joke with him because he said something about how Mike Sullivan, the new quarterbacks coach, had told him. He said, "Just be jazz out there. Be like smooth. (laughs) Be smooth jazz, right?" And and you know, I'm the dummy. I had to ask, like, what did he, what did, what did you mean by that? Did you mean jazz, like? Smoother yeah. did you mean it by improvisation? And 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 he came back with a big smile on his face, uh-huh. and he said, real smooth jazz. <laughs> and I said, okay. Now that's a confident young man. And uh, maybe that's why a lot of people felt that in Washington that everything was rushed, and he just needed to be brought in more slowly. Yeah. He didn't need to be thrown on the field as a savior, and I just get the sense that he's composed, and let's talk about the other guy, Mason yeah. Rudolph, because this is the opposite story. Mason's got nothing but seasoning, <laughs> okay? yeah, other yeah. than the one season uh, where he where he was kind of mm-hmm. thrown in, into things. You know, beginning that day in Santa Clara, California, he is he's in a different spot where he's expected every time he takes the field to look like a number one guy. And, Moen, I wonder if this isn't almost unfair on both ends.
1: It, It really is because this is the thing, too. We're used to seeing Mason like th- th- and you know how that is yep. and What's what's funny is I'm I'm talking to my 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 producer this morning at my show about you know Mason versus Dwayne my producer is a, a, a secret Pittsburgh Steelers fan so he's not so want- secret when we
0: communicate but yeah <laughs> no, <he's not.
1: laughs> but he says uh man this whole thing between Dwayne and 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 uh Mason I was like man It sucks a little bit for Mason because this is what happens when you bring in a new guy that everybody kind of knows. Everybody knows Dwayne. I was like, everybody's always excited about the shiny new toy.
0: Yes, including the public. Including the public.
1: And and truth be told, in Pittsburgh, I told him, I was like, man, I get what Mason's going through right now. Like, I went through this probably first five years of my career. And like, man, I deserve to start. I deserve to play. But it's always, what about the guy behind him? Let's find something else until you really got to step on somebody's neck and prove that, look, I'm the guy. Like that's what you you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah, that's where Mason is right now. It's like he just got a new contract this past offseason, a backup quality contract, which is really solid. And he's expected to be the guy number two in a sense because he's been there, he's proven himself. But we've seen so much of Mason that it's exciting to see a guy like Dwayne. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what you're looking at. You you find ways to be more excited about the new guy. And if Mason blocks all of that out, horse blinders. If he does that and focus on his job, he's gonna be fine because this is the thing. I know that front office uh loves Mason Rudolph's and his ability. And it's it's on him, DK, to not be to not cave to the outside chatter. What, Mason, was, he, what, what was the actual draft grade they hung on you? On me? Yeah. They had me as a uh they had a, they what, had, what they had a three on me.
0: They had a three on you. You and you know what they had on Mason, right? A one. A one. And what we haven't brought up here, although you, you kind of hinted at it earlier, is what's what actually is Dwayne Haskins' pedigree. What we don't know is what yeah. kind of grade they hung on him.
1: That, that, that's very true. But, again, when we see the new guy throw the ball down the scene. Oh, it's exciting. Pass, it's exciting.
0: Yeah, you're seeing Warren Moon, man. You, you're I, like, you, you know, this you is –
1: this is oh, this is new Patrick Mahomes, or this is mm-hmm. oh, that's that's the new jazz that we're looking for, and that's no disrespect to either one of them. Both of them you're glad to have because there are teams across this league. If QB1 goes down, they don't have much else. You so well, having honestly having three all three of those guys, Dobbs included, mm-hmm. they got a, a a horse stable of players that other teams may want to trade for or mm-hmm. You know, they're in a way better position than, I'd say, 80% of the teams cr- around the league as far hmm. as backup quarterbacks.
0: No, it, it's a, it's a good room. There's no question about that. Certainly a promising room. Um, last thing before we take a break here, Moan, is uh, who's, who's going to be two and who's going to be three? Not necessarily on merit the way that you actually utilize them on Sundays, who's going to be two and who's going to be three based on how this coaching staff works.
1: Man, I made the prediction about Vinny being a starter over <laughs> over, freaking, <laughs> over Spillane. It's kind of hard. Well, he would have been him. now in hindsight. In I, 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 they just went out and got I, Joe short. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. <laughs> okay, after the break, who I see should, like, the guy should be Mason. Honestly, we can't be too soon on Dwayne because this is a small menu. Okay,
0: there we go. When we come back, we're going to get into what it's like possibly to be blocking for Najee Harris. (whistles) Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show, which is always brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where they're open 24 hours a day serving hot, fresh Mm -hmm. food. And take it from somebody who just went across the turnpike, Philadelphia. Those are great weapons to have <laughs> along the way. Moan, before we get to the, the subject that I had mentioned, let, let's touch a little bit on on the, the Steelers picking up Joe Schobert. Joe Schobert's a pretty good football player.
1: Yes, he uh, is. inside
0: linebacker. He's more of a coverage guy. He's not mm-hmm. your classic uh, well, you know, Vince Williams, Hardy Nickerson, Lawrence oh, Simmons yeah. type. Uh, he's it's now it's just going to be a couple of coverage inside linebackers, and there goes Robert Spillane, like kind of like yeah. we've all been predicting because he's he's now going to be a backup.
1: Yeah. Um. Well, well, when you say you got coverage linebackers, it's because well you got guys up front that can simply get to the ball too. Like that is a, it's a good way. That's
0: a better way of putting it because you, you think know, coverage linebackers, you're just thinking of pass coverage. Yeah. What and, you're and, really doing is covering everything, including everything. screen passes
1: and everything. Yeah, okay. When we've seen guys on that defense chase down some of the fastest running quarterbacks in the league, then you can afford to drop back the linebackers. This is what's mm-hmm. happening right now, too. And truth be told, Devin Bush is fast enough to be in coverage and come up and make a play on a run. Let's just say running uh, quarterbacks or something like that because you know you have those in the FC North. Um, but Showbert is a guy, man, that that coached team. Raved about when he was in Cleveland. He was a big board guy. He Is that right? That's interesting. Guy. We got to get to him. He's the guy that make this defense go. He's a smart guy. He's always breaking on the ball. He's the guy that's going to find himself sniffing the ball huh. out when given an opportunity. He they're familiar. They're more familiar with him than probably some guys on that roster. Just being frank about it.
0: That's amazing. We, we, I, I didn't. I, I hadn't. I, I wasn't aware of this. I, I I know that you know. TJ Watt obviously was his teammate in Wisconsin. So uh-huh. They could have doubly vouched for character. Did they do that too, Ramon? Did they come to you? you- and say, hey, do you know about this guy, or what do you think about this
1: guy? I've had to answer questions about guys before. I'm actually okay. listening. I was listening to an XM radio station this, uh, yesterday, actually, and I heard uh, Urban Meyer speaking on about they had a guy in their camp simply because one of his guys that he trusted vouched for this guy. Oh, so okay. it does happen. I'm sure TJ probably knew that, but we knew so much about Schobert over the years that it was. I was like, whoa, wow, yes, I. Like, after as many times we've broken him down as far as scouting, Mm -hmm. that makes perfect sense to me. It it simply does. He just got to get used to playing for frigging Pittsburgh instead of Cleveland. I mean, but <laughs> LJ Ford is in Baltimore. Let's think about that as far as linebacker play. They saw him do something special there too. So that whole um, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, it's all good until they're on your team.
0: Yeah, right, right. Well, there's 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 been more than a little bit of shuffling between Shover. Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and Baltimore that we've seen. actually in Cincinnati too because look at the yeah. Bengals picking up Mike Hilton.
1: But he's uh, a player though too, and again, they construct a a roster based off of who you're gonna play to. You got number one teams from each division this this year because the, the Steelers won the AFC North. Yeah. All of those teams have really good quarterbacks. They have a passing game. Having Devin and also Schobert at linebacker lessens, I, I guess shrinks the field a little bit because they can cover.
0: Yeah, well, remember when you're talking about the schedule and you're talking about the extra game, the Steelers' extra game this season is against Seattle, and I'm told they have a quarterback who can move a little bit Mm -hmm. as well uh, up there. Moan, we've had a chance to see Najee Harris in this preseason, which has actually been kind of cool because there's been a couple of preseason games in which he's appeared, not for very long, (laughs) but you've gotten to see what's there. And you've gotten to see him make something out of nothing. You've gotten to see that Eddie George, which is a a, a parallel yeah. that will actually resonate more in, in your current part of the world than it will yeah. in mine. Because that was what Eddie George would do this. Eddie George would make it to the line of scrimmage, and you'd go, oh, there's nothing wow. there. And then the next thing you know, five yards. <laughs> Dude, we're
1: on the same Mental, frame really? That yes, because that was the first thing I was gonna say. Just get him to the line of scrimmage. Yeah, that's all you. And, and not in a patient Le'Veon Bell type of way, but just don't let anybody tip, trip his feet in the back backfield because he has the ability. And I'm not, I hadn't met him personally, but he he plays bigger than what his stature seems to me. Uh, he he's always falling forward. He's one of them types of uh, running backs where linebackers hate to hit. To where if you can get him to the first level, he's gonna get you three, 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 and three. Man, that's that's fourth and one. You might have to make a decision, or he might bust <laughs> one to the you know to the sideline. He's a a a lightning and, and thunder type of dude. He seems he doesn't shy away from. Um, physicality at all, being physical, he also has the speed to break away. So, you you want to know what it's like for, to block for a guy like that? Well, it's exciting. that's exciting,
0: Ron. Because I remember vividly, uh, you guys, and it wasn't just you, it was you, Dave, Allie, Marquise, uh, Gil, all these guys, all these guys on your line had two very different. Blocking mechanisms for yeah. whether it was yeah. Le'Veon Bell or D'Angelo Williams, because Lev would do that, yeah, that thing, and then he'd wait, and then he'd go then up, okay. Yep. And D'Angelo was the polar opposite. D'Angelo gets the ball, he sees a diagonal line in mm-hmm. his head, and just attacks it. Yep, and that made things hell for yeah. your opponents because <laughs> yeah. you guys could adjust. Now, when you watch Najee Harris, and I'm gonna be blunt here some guys last night and i understand this line is all new and everything else here but some guys you could tell just clearly had no idea what to do which direction should i go where should i be pushing and even the wide receivers moan maybe especially the wide receivers were like they let go of their blocks yeah way too soon because they were used to Having running backs getting a yard and going down, and yeah. this dude was still going, and you see,
1: whoa, um, what do you got, what do you do? It's, it's never say die. Everybody's got to adjust to it, like you said in that point. And I know Coach Clem is all over that block until you hear the he to the doggone whistle, and that in some form of that, okay, some form of coach speaking, and, and that's one thing I, I, I Coach C always harked on. Is look if you want to catch the ball, you better block on the outside too, because those five yard plays turn into fifteen and fifty yard plays if you on the outside. That is actually more important than the line of scrimmage. For the you're most talking wide. about wide receivers, now? wide receiver. Okay, blocker. all right. Yes, to that point of them letting go of blocks too soon, they have a special back back there. They legitimately have probably one of the best young backs in the entire league. Probably best running backs. Period. He. By the end of the year, I can see him being on the top ten list if all goes well. He doesn't have any injuries, and 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 yeah, he's got to get through all of that. But this kid is special from what I've seen. His ability to see, and some some running backs see a little bit too much, but he sees definitively what he needs to go to. And he, what do you mean by that? Because you can you can get spooked and not go outside when you're supposed to. If you see too much, oh, okay, okay, he sees something out there and just goes. Like, that's the decision he's making. And and truly what I'm seeing also is the young guys are excited for him when he gets to the line of scrimmage. I saw young guys pulling him along when he's running the ball. You know, like, that's what you see out of that. And I think they are adjusting their mind frames to that too. I know Coach Klam is excited for this. I know he's all over trying to create a new attitude for these guys, a new identity for what the run game should be. When you get talked about all offseason and your job is to uh, re-event the run game, it's going to be a point to get that done.
0: Well, I guess, I guess then the thing that I want to see the most is uh, that attention to completing the block. Uh, Chooks did not have yeah. a good game. I don't think. I don't think even Chooks would dispute that because he's a pretty honest guy. And <laughs> yes, part of, and, yeah, and part of, and part of what what made made his night rough. And I don't mean to pick on him, right? Uh, because it's just it's a. It's his first preseason game and whatever else here. But as it relates to this running back, I saw from him as well a lack of finish on those Mm pulls. And I'm preaching to the choir here and speaking to a decade-long NFL offensive lineman, but you've got to be just as dedicated to those blocks that are way out there on the perimeter of the solar system as you do on the ones that are right in front of you, especially if you're going to do this zone blocking thing. And it it feels like there's a lot of work ahead here for Coach Clem.
1: And it is. So this is is what happens, too, in this situation. This group is cultivating – this O-line group is cultivating their community. Those five to seven to eight guys that's going to be in that room, they're going to have a baseline of what they want to do and how they want to go about doing it, too. The preseason games are good for reasons because of this – like, they won last night. Coach T was excited about it, of course. Like, man, we got some more stuff we got to work on. As you said, Dwayne was happy about what he has to do. The object was to win the game in all competitions. What happens now, though, is you go from flying high to coming down here. Look, we got the job done, but you didn't do this. Coach T's not afraid to call people out and say, hey, look, this was five yards right here. But if you get your you-know-what downfield and finish this block, we get 20. We continue to drive. Like all of the uh, the mom stuff that Coach T does in the media doesn't happen in the in, in the team meeting rooms, and that's what, like you said, with a guy like Tusi, he's expected to finish those blocks. He's calling out
0: by name in a, in a classroom.
1: Setting? He's gonna put your picture up there. Oh. and say, "What oh. the hell are you doing right here?" Like, <laughs> I've never the, heard this. The, that's the <laughs> stuff Great. that you know that. Everybody take for granted when it comes down to him. I appreciate Coach T being that way in the media, towards the media a little bit too, because that goes into where the respect factor comes into with a guy like him. That comes into where um, the accountability. And it's not degrading, but it's just simply the facts. The film is not going to lie. And that's one thing he's always, always, always did was you are responsible for this. I'll never forget. What was it? My second year. Um, in Tampa, I was supposed to block. Uh, it was we were in Tampa, I think it was my second year, I think second or third. I pulled down the line of scrimmage to block Runde Barber. Okay, I pulled down and Runday showed up out of nowhere. And I'm supposed to pulverize Runde. You
0: are you're supposed to do that with a corner, yes, you know what I'm saying. And (laughs) I hit
1: him good, but I didn't finish him like I should have because what do you mean? I I hit him, kicked him out. Like I was supposed to, okay. Okay. But I didn't finish the block because that is a like I had to mentality, okay? You had to see finish you had to feel him off. Yeah. But, but and this is also is this too. Runday is a a pro's pro. The play is never dead if he's on his feet. So I hit him, bam, boom, moved him out of the way. It may I think it was Rashad or somebody downfield. They they ran downfield. I forget who the running back was. Runday, though, hits spin, chases him down. Chase is Mendenhall. Chase is whichever running back it was. Okay. Um, Chase is the running back down, makes the tackle. The film on Monday morning, I think we won the game, was Moan. When are we going to stop doing this? Like, here's Ronda. You're supposed to kill him. If you don't, this is a touchdown. Like, those are the things that happen. Okay. You okay. know, like, that's what's going to happen to a guy like Chips, who, like you said, got to f- learn to finish down. Yeah,
0: and I would hope Deontay would. Deontay did it more than once, where he just didn't I'm even saying? he didn't even make an effort, and and that's just not acceptable if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver, mm-hmm. uh, not not with this team.
1: As, yeah, as great as Rondé was, I'll never forget that play. Like, cause the next day, him with his red laser beam.
0: It was the Ramon show.
1: Yeah, buddy.
0: <laughs> Ten years before there was a Ramon show. Yeah, Monday was. morning Ramon show.
1: <laughs> but it made me accountable from there on out, though.
0: Well, I mean, I, I think that's what's going to happen here because, I, more than anything, this this football team, this offense, needs to get used to having a potentially elite running back. Yeah. More than anything else, I think that's what needs to happen here, and you need to finish those blocks and stay on them, and that did not happen in Philadelphia. Moan, when we come back, we're going to have some fun on our slice of life segment here and talking about how do you possibly fall asleep the night before an NFL game? Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market. And this is, Ramon, where we do our Slice of Life segment. And I thought of this one earlier in the week, the night before the game in Philadelphia, staying in a hotel there. And as a writer, not for a preseason game, but as a (laughs) writer for a regular season game, especially a playoff game, for my own job, for my own stuff that I have to do there, I'll get a little wired and I will have trouble sleeping. Yeah. Again, it's not because of the game or whatever. It's because of the magnitude of what what what, yeah. we, what we've got to do, okay. Yeah. I have no idea how you could possibly have slept on a Saturday night before a <laughs> Sunday 102 p.m kickoff. I have no idea.
1: man it, it, as a young guy, you' you're usually just wired like you're ready to go. Um, the coaches do a really good job of keeping you occupied with meetings, with staring at a whiteboard, with, hey, come to this meeting. We got chapel here. We got this special teams meeting. We got that meeting. They almost strategically tire you down for the most part. <laughs> so you Saturday, you Saturday, you got nothing left. Saturday, you got nothing left, man. And, and and it's the excitement of getting to the show, though, is part of it. But you got to, like, humanize yourself a little bit. Like, okay, you, you just – got to find a way to bring it back down and that's what it really turns into this um i i think it's not as hard to fall asleep as it is you waking up early mm. i think that's the what time f- on those games like 6 15 you know what i'm saying because i got How? stuff i gotta do seven at the latest you know and even it's a home the- game we yeah, have four home games. And it's even the same thing for the late game. So, DK, like you're waking up early still and the idea of, man, I'll just rest throughout the day because I want to check out the games that, that are played before us. I want to be able to get – I don't want to be too bogged down to where I'm not ready to go. Now, some guys are different, though. Some guys sleep on the way to the uh, – sleep on the way to the stadium or – On the bus. On the bus, yeah, yeah. On the bus, on the way to the stadium. And you just find a ways to, like, zone in. But – the the night before is always a. Let me check off this box. Watch a little bit more film, and then I'll turn on the TV, and then I will watch some more film, and then I'm scrolling like it's a whole process to, um, really. I ain't gonna say enjoy, but it's just a. I'm in this moment, you know.
0: Yeah, but you're so chill, Mona. I, I, you know, <laughs> I I I I'm gonna try to picture somebody else that I could. Ask this question to where they'd give a completely different answer. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, Um, um, Tyler Maticavich. There, let's throw that one out there. You think Tyler Maticavich sleeps the night before a game? Yeah, I think he does.
1: (laughs) I think think Dirty Red would, man. (laughs) Guys, um, now if you're asking me, what is a rookie doing in these preseason games? Yeah, worried, worried out of their mind. Yeah, because this is the first. I'll never forget. Like, I was so nervous that first game. My Preseason rookie year that all I could think of did I do enough in camp? Am I prepared? How in the world do I watch film on somebody that I don't even know who I'm playing against? This is where, like, the anxiety of my first couple years as opposed to later. Huh, that's interesting. Out of this world because you really have no tape. You've only been studying against the guys you go against in practice. And, like, is the anticipation of walking on that field. In that jersey at the time, we weren't Reebok jerseys, okay? Mm -hmm. In that jersey, putting on those shoes, do I look fine? Am I conditioned enough to handle this? Am I a pro? Like, those were the things that ran through my mind as a young guy the night before. I'll never forget. I walked on the field, and we were in Washington. And we were in the huddle, and the young guys that went in, D.K., And I'll never forget, we did our little dap thing that we do. I messed that up. I didn't know how to do the dap from the the center to the guard to the tackle. I was just lost (laughs) out of my mind because I'm nervous. I literally looked down at myself and pinched myself because I was surprised, shocked that I was actually on an NFL field playing in an NFL game and had the – Fight honestly for a job I didn't know I was gonna get. So you want to talk about anxiety for young guys and the reality that look, if I go out here and get swim moved over or get picked for a sack or have a bad play, that could be it. I could get cut. Yeah, I think it was more of those things—the uncertainty of those first couple years—that just blew my mind on what it actually meant. That you know, the night before, and you hear the stories, you see. All of the vets who just chilling. And here you are with your playbook in hand, just
0: <laughs> yeah. You
1: you know what I'm saying? And yeah, then it I came do. in on the year after they won a the Super Bowl.
0: Uh, that's that's a beautiful perspective. The idea that it's funny on one hand, and I know you talked about this every single season, that there was no such thing as I made it. Okay, no. but there's different degrees. Of of being there. And when you entered, you know, a certain season and, you know, you're on the roster and you are the starter, mm-hmm. there's going to be, I don't know if comfort level, certainly not with the way Mike Tomlin uses that oh. word would apply, but maybe more of a confidence, I guess. It, would that,
1: would that be the right way to word it? Going into my later years of confidence, yeah, 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 uh-huh. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, okay, it's a little bit different, and, This um, is my job. I am that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Like that. Why you doubt me? Like I'm here for a purpose. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go out here and give this work in, and I'm gonna get out real quick. Like that was later years, and you want to talk about a guy that had problems like that uh, in the preseason games or the night before Ziggy Hood? Like really, he he was a guy that was. Moving the entire time oh, and geez. just bouncing around because you got to think he went into a super veteran room with guys that were just yeah. studs across, and he was supposed to be the new wave of that. I just Ziggy Wood
0: comes in when it's Aaron Smith and Brett Keisel <laughs> yeah, and Casey, Casey Hampton, and then there's Ziggy, and, and it's like,
1: yeah, and, uh, Kersky right. like. He was in a dominating room, man. So he was a guy that had to prove himself. I think it may have been more pressure because he was that first. He pick. was a first
0: round pick too, you know? and a lot of us had really, really high hopes for him. And Ziggy did okay. It's he just did that fine. he he wasn't, you know, those
1: yeah. guys. But but you see, like I think that may have been a little bit of that pressure of like, how do I perform? But like, let's say year seven or even year five, um, when I got that first contract or that second contract, I was just like. Oh, I know I ain't going to get cut this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so
0: so you get back to and this is what yeah. one thing uh b- before we're done for this week just to highlight something that you brought up in this third segment multiple times is that your focus is always on your singular opponent and I don't know that enough people realize that about football. I rem- I I'll never forget standing atop the steps in Latrobe interviewing James Harrison when he came into camp. This was only three or four years ago, so it wasn't that long right. ago. And somebody, wasn't me mercifully, asked Debo uh, about how much football has changed over the years. Yeah. And he looks at this, this individual like they're the dumbest rock on earth and says to them, football ain't changed, man.
1: No.
0: You line up, you beat the man across from you. Mm-hmm. That's all football is, and I thought, you know what? That's
1: that's actually true. Okay. Like, you know? like, legitimately, I, I laugh at people that say, you know, it's uh, fake football and and, and preseason. Um, this doesn't count. These guys are soft, and um, the acclimation period is too long. Oh, you go three days. And you did, no, 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 no. Like you said, the singular focus, Mike T word. The singular focus that you have. When it comes down to in football, and I tell my oldest this who's doing tackle now, don't get it misconstrued. Whatever you say you're going to do in football, you have to do it because it's one of the only sports in which the physical element of it is what's going to test you the most. Like going against James Harrison. Yes, it's intimidating, but guess what? I need to focus in on getting this job done. If you get me on one play then physically I got to outdo you the next time. Those elements of the sport hadn't changed. The competition aspect of it, football is football as football is at any single level at any single time of the year. And going at it, proving you belong as a young rookie, even still proving it as a vet, same way Mason is going through right now. Mm -hmm. You better lock in or you'll get the boot.
0: It's just beautiful. The Pat Fryermuth, the, the second-round tight end of the Steelers out of Penn State, last night got, got schooled on his very first snap. Hey. And hey. afterward, he talked about it. He brought it up on his own, and he mentioned the name of the individual who beat him. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you this right now, Moan. Five years from now, yeah, he won't remember where that game was, mm-hmm. which team they played, or what the score was. Mm-hmm. He'll remember that dude's name.
1: You, hey, <laughs> you better believe it, okay? Because that's the game ain't changed like James said. Moan,
0: this has been awesome. it is. We should do this again, like next week. What the heck, right? Give the people what they want, DK. Here it comes. We'll do it after the Steelers play the Detroit Lions in their next exhibition, and that'll be the real exhibition. That's the one with Ben Roethlisberger and the whole offensive line, and everybody will finally be together. Bone, take away. care.